0: Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: I mean, you're living in your mother's basement writing a blog on finance. Really, you should stay off the computer, son, and get a job. Seriously. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor Doug, and we're getting out the crystal ball today to figure out why millions of people are close to retirement and have no savings. Today to help us figure it out is Army veteran and retirement guru, Benjamin Brandt. You know, I just, I got to break script here for just a minute, Joe, and just say, Benjamin, I really have to thank you for the acting you did and miscongeniality and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. I mean, it was just, it's top shelf performance man it spoke to me it moved me and I just I gotta be a fanboy here on this one plus the man who's beating the retirement age average and doing it in style Len Penzo and a lady writing her own retirement ending in English and Spanish Paulette Perhatch but that's not all halfway through the show we're gonna find out which panelists can get my ageless trivia question and now a guy who can talk about money until the cows come home It's Joe Salcijai.
0: Hey there, Stackers, and happy Friday to you. Thank you for the introduction, Doug. I am Joe Salcijai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a fun day we're going to have today because we're going to help more people retire on time, if not early. I'm super pumped about that. I'm pumped that we've got these people with us. We'll introduce our special guest here in just a moment. But uh, let's start off with a man deep under Los Angeles in his bunker with the tinfoil hat. It's Mr. Len Penzo. How are you, man? I'm doing great. It's one of
2: my favorite topics today. So let's get this party started.
0: You know, Len, you guys in California, you've had the forest fires, you've had the floods. (laughs) Uh, What if next month we have the locusts? Like, what do you do then?
2: You know we don't need any more bad ideas out here, Joe. Locusts? Um, no, I'm still trying to get over the flooding part. Right, right now my backyard is—it's about under an inch of water. We've had uh, so much water and rain here. So the, let's the let's pull the locusts off,
1: please. It, it, the good news, Len, is if you do get another natural disaster, you're never going to have to file taxes. Don't they just keep pushing your tax filing date out <laughs> because of all the stuff going on? So I think maybe you should roll the dice. Locusts—you are know, they're, they they're, they taste great. <laughs> Very nice and crunchy. That's like
2: what popcorn. I hear, actually. I, you know what? I, I am not opposed to uh, trying a cricket or a, a locust, something like that. I am not opposed to that. If somebody wants to send me a chocolate-covered cricket or whatever the heck they make out there. Go
0: to Thailand. Doug, are you, d- Doug, are you saying that all this misery is, is just a tax conspiracy? There's always a silver lining. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
1: It's just, just. I mean, I'm a glass
0: half-full no. guy. You know that. I think that's a bridge too far. I think that that might be, it might be the first sign of the zombie apocalypse though. Uh, the woman who's always holding off the zombie apocalypse in her bank account is here. I don't know. I'm trying to join them up, Paulette. Paulette Perhatch is here. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. Getting ready to go to Camp Fi this weekend for the first time. So that'll put retirement right on the top of mind.
0: It's so fun. So how are you with camping? Are you a big camper?
3: This one is actually half an hour from my house, so uh, having just gotten back from a 10-day camping trip, mostly 70% camping, and a big trip to Seattle where I stayed at four different places, I'm going to come home at night.
0: (laughs) Don't tell anybody. (laughs) You're not sleeping on the quarter-inch mattresses, and uh, you're not getting the full experience, though, Paulette.
3: Well, I am getting my bed experience, and I'm perfectly happy with that. (laughs) I would be very
0: happy with that, too. Uh, Joining us as well... From the great state of North Dakota, where I got a sticker that said, I saved the best for last. Ben Brandt is here. How are you, man?
4: I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And thanks for coming to hang out with me in North Dakota.
0: Oh, that was so fun last summer. And by the way, for people that haven't been to North Dakota, very seriously, what are you waiting for? I mean, you got so excited about it, Ben. You moved there.
4: That's right. Yeah, I moved here.
0: But I think you moved there when you were born, right? Like
4: Yes, I, I think I was like 18 months old, so I had very little say in the whole experience, but I'd like to say I voted for North Dakota.
0: But you did decide to stay, yes. Uh, we're super happy you're here. Let's talk about your new podcast. you got a brand new podcast out that's all about just the most exciting topic on earth.
4: Oh, yeah. So me and my buddy, Stephen Jarvis, he's a CPA and I'm a CFP, and we have combined our forces like the, like the Power Rangers And we're talking about the confluence of retirement planning and tax planning. So we call it the Least Boring Tax Podcast, also known as the Retirement (laughs) Tax Podcast.
0: So just to be clear, you're not trying to compete with that guy that has the Sleep With Me podcast where he puts you to sleep after like 15 minutes?
4: Uh, Results may vary.
0: (laughs) Maybe not going after that audience. So people find it right where they find your show. uh, Retirement starts today, right? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Just uh, search Benjamin Brandt on any of your podcast catchers or retirement and we'll probably pop up in all of the, uh, all the top spots.
0: Yeah. And Paulette, just back to you for just a second before we get rolling. You working on any good financial pieces right now?
3: Financial pieces. I'm doing another possible money memoir proposal. I had one in 2016 that didn't get picked up because they wanted a prescriptive money book because we don't have enough of those. (laughs) There's like three, four, 20,000. So my agent thought now might be a good time to put it out there again. So I just zhuzhed up my proposal and, um, might be sending it out for a money memoir. We'll see.
0: It turns out, Paulette, we only need one prescriptive book. It came out last year. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it was really good. hmm Stacked. Oh, yeah, that's right. That one, too. Yeah, that's that was great. a good one. Yeah,
3: now that we have that one, why would we need any other one?
0: Yes. Len Penzo's uh, money memoir is how uh, the Kirkland brand saved his life. I don't know if you know that, <laughs> Paulette, but he's all about Kirkland for
3: the win. I thought it was called Don't, don't Buy Down by the Tracks.
0: Maybe both, Len.
2: Um, probably. You know, don't buy down by the tracks. That's probably my magnum opus, Paulette. That's very good. I, I think that's the big one. But to, yeah, and you know what? I don't discriminate. Kirkland, any any store brand works for me.
0: Aldi, Trader Joe's. Absolutely, you're, you're for all of them. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We'll start counting up all the cool store brands here while everybody listens to this. This episode sponsored by State Farm you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, it turns out there's more than seven, Len. There's more than seven, so we're good. <laughs> We got uh, Benjamin Brant here with us, sled, Penzo, Paulette Perhatch, Mom's Neighbor Doug. So let's get rolling. Today, we are inspired by a piece from Apex Money Blog. It is a curation site where uh, Jim Wang and J.D. Roth curate some of their favorite pieces that are out in financial land. Just go to apexmoney.com. And instead of focusing on just one story, they focus here on millions of Americans nearing retirement age with no saving. In fact, this piece from CBS News will used to kick us off today. Millions of Americans nearing their golden years are still financially unprepared for retirement. According to U.S. Census Bureau data, 50 percent of women, 40 percent of men between the ages of 55 and 66. Wait for it. Have no retirement savings. Ben, does that surprise you?
4: it's shocking, but not surprising. It's really hard. What you know, you should be saving in your twenties and thirties, right? Everybody would would say that, but it's so hard to visualize your future self that it's hard to ascribe money to a version of your future self when, you know, a lot of people are either actively or reactively just living for today. So uh, it's very, it's very difficult.
0: Do you think that's the number one reason, Paulette, is that, you know, you and I have talked a lot about how we have a little trouble focusing you know, sometimes is it that we don't focus on retirement, so it just gets away from us?
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, there is a cognitive bias where when you think about yourself in the future, it literally activates a different part of your brain than thinking about yourself right now. So it really is like this you're alienated from yourself in the future as far as like your decision making. And there's another, you know, cognitive bias. It, it's not a bias, but it's this idea that comes from behavioral economics that we need this nudge, right? And there's a way in which we can be nudged toward behavior. And a lot of people never get that nudge. And so if you don't work for a company, I'm very thankful that my, the company I worked for in college started retirement funds for us. And it just got me started, which was amazing. So a lot of people are never like, now is the time you start, right? If you only ever work at places that don't have retirement plans, when is the time when you're like, okay, today's the day I actually am going to start my Roth IRA,
0: I love that idea of a nudge and about how Mm -hmm. just a little nudge, I think, can go a long way. Uh, Len or Ben, did either of you guys get a nudge at an early age?
4: I I had a lot of nudges, yeah. My uh, grandfather, he worked for soil conservation, but if financial advisor would have been a profession back in the 50s, he would have been that. And he back when CDs used to pay uh, interest, he would have one of those engineer papers with the squares on it. He would show me how he would ladder CDs and roll them over and make ladders and things like that. So from a very, very young age, I, I was taught uh, the benefits of saving.
0: Len, it seems like you and Ben's uh, grandpa would have been best friends. All right. It sounds
2: like we have the same notebooks, actually. That, that's uh, <laughs> the ones with the little squares the on How I mean, they
0: weren't,
1: Joe? They're the same age.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> is is Len Benjamin's grandfather? I think Len Penzo might be Benjamin Brandt's grandfather. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Maury Povich Show, everybody. You're this really is Linderman? actually a disguised Maury
3: Povich. You are the father. I'm your father, Benjamin.
0: <laughs> ben, I'd be so afraid. I'd be so afraid right now. But, Len, did you get a, a nudge at an early age?
2: Yeah. My cousin, CPA cousin Kevin, is the one. He really opened my eyes to the importance of saving early. Uh, he gave me some really simple examples like. um If somehow you were able to save starting at age one, maybe your parents set aside. $1,000 a year for six years, the first six years of your life. And then you didn't do anything else the rest of your life. And you earned, I can't remember the percentages right now. So please, people don't, don't email me, email Joe, if I've got these numbers wrong, but something like you'd have a million dollars at a 8% return compounded annually by the time you were 65. And those kind of little examples really stuck with me and it encouraged me actually to take care of my own situation. So yes.
0: Is this Doug? Where where I got it wrong? I'm wondering because my cool cousins, when I was Mm. growing up, were teaching me like what ACDC was, (laughs) and and how to get away with you know murder. Yeah. Yes. Were they CPAs?
2: Were they CPAs though, Joe?
0: They weren't. Len at the age of eight is in his uh, cousin's (laughs) bedroom learning all about the miracle of compounding interest. Is that is that what I'm hearing? The cool cousin. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, they were learning about ACDC too,
1: like as electricity was being released into <laughs> homes. That's what Len's ACDC experience was. They're learning was. about
0: the whole, whole different yeah. ACDC.
1: That's hey, look, I was one.
2: a nerdy kid, so you know, that, that kind of stuff fascinated me when I was younger. And maybe not at eight years old, but definitely when I was in my late teens, that stuff got my attention.
0: It really did.
3: Have you tried playing with fire?
2: Oh, Yeah.
0: Paulette's about to play with the fire movement in, uh, oh,
3: I have regrets at, about even starting this conversation at the,
0: at the, uh, what, why at the, Nothing. At, at camp Fi?
3: Yeah.
0: You're going to go play <laughs> with fire at camp Fi. Absolutely. What's your speech going to be about?
3: Oh, I'm not doing one.
0: Just forget that you're okay. not, you're, you're, just going <laughs>
3: Well, they invited me too, but I was like, what would I have to talk to people? There's this misconception that just because I wrote this piece that went viral about personal finance, that I am this guru. And I'm like, I am not. So I've had all these weird feelings about it paired with the fact that I was doing these two huge events. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this whole... I don't know if I can prepare a talk. So I was doing a new practice for me, which is saying no to things or not now. And so... I just said, I'm going to go check it out this time. And then I was like, oh, duh, I could have just talked about pet sitting. Like I could talk about pet sitting for 20 minutes, but that just occurred to me like yesterday. So I should have done that.
0: You're going to find out that most people that give, give talks at these camp fives are not gurus. They're just regular people telling about their experience, which is really fun, but, but yeah, you'll see it. You don't got to be a guru. Ben, when your grandfather was showing you this stuff, did that stick? I mean, have you been good with saving the whole time?
4: In some aspects, yes. So it hasn't always been like put money in your savings account saving, but I've been really good at either saving, squirreling money away or investing in myself. So I'm always uh, investing in a new course or a new coach or a new mastermind group or something like that. So I'm either investing in myself or investing in the market.
0: Paul, when did the light bulb come on for you? I'm still waiting. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel the same because for me, I never had that light bulb until I got to the point where I'm like, oh, crap. I should start. And then I remember feeling the panic in my early 30s. Then I realized that the business I was building was actually an asset. It, it had never occurred to me that my business was That an asset. is huge. Never thought about
3: it. I think that is definitely like, we need to discuss that more because I look at the spreadsheet and I feel terrible. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I have a six figure business. That is not nothing. So I have to remember, um, I was taking an accounting class attempting to understand small business personal or small business finance And, you know, they said not all assets show up on the balance sheet. And I was like, that is so important to remember.
4: Ben? Well, so we're in a unique situation as entrepreneurs, especially if you like what we're doing, because Mm -hmm. we have an opportunity to craft a lifestyle that we never have to retire from. So as long as we're investing in ourselves and making sure we're competitive in the marketplace, I feel that that's actually less. uh, We have less of a reason than an entrepreneur to save in traditional Traditional aspects like a hmm. 401k, you should still do that. But investing in a lifestyle that you don't feel the need to retire from, of course, you need disability insurance and life insurance just in case things don't work out the way that you thought. But I've done a lot less saving hmm. in the traditional aspect and more growing my business and then making sure I'm living a life of balance so that I'm you know not burnt out at 60 and hopefully work till I'm, I don't know, Warren Buffett's age.
0: Yeah, right. But Paulette, I think about your business, your business is dependent on you. So that must lead to thoughts of how do I make it go beyond Paulette Perhatch to be a business that is replicatable by somebody else?
3: Yeah. And I do have courses that I sell and I have my software for writers, writersmissioncontrolcenter.com. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need disability insurance like now?
4: Well, yes. Unless there's some other way for cash to come in, you know, you're uh You need own occupation uh, disability insurance.
3: Own occupation disability insurance. O N W, Which especially
0: is important for you, Paulette, because of the fact that you're dependent on those digits. And if you don't have those, if those don't. Oh, I check with my toes. (laughs) She's ambidextrous. Well, if the fingers and toes go, then who knows? But own occupation is important, Ben. Besides that, why?
4: Well, so I'm not an insurance expert, but own occupation means that, you know, Paulette is making courses and writing books and doing all sorts of fun things. That's her own occupation versus any occupation, meaning essentially if you can lick an envelope, you won't have a claim because you could do any occupation. So own occupation is more specific, probably more expensive, but that's probably what you want because you want to protect your own abilities uh, and your own income that you're earning out.
0: Uh, Len, that light bulb came out at an early age. Did it ever flicker? Did it ever go away before you got serious about retirement?
2: You know, it didn't flicker but I did realize when I was when I started out you're talking about saving and investing I know um I started out by saving too much and investing too little. So I understood that, you know, hey, you got to save money to to reach some goal down the road. But when I was younger, I was I was too safe. I was either saving just putting money in savings accounts, trying to build that way which was really stupid and not investing enough and It took a while for that light bulb to go on and go, hey, you're young. It's time to, you you need to take risks. You can't just grow your money by saving alone. You have to invest. And that's a key component. If you really want to have enough for what your goals are in your retirement years. So uh, yeah, it took me a while to figure that out. Too much saving and and not enough investing.
0: That was the first time that inflation actually made sense to me. Was when I realized that if I just saved and didn't invest, I was going to have to save dollar for dollar. And then I started doing the math on...
2: You know, the other thing that the light bulb went on is, and people don't think about this too. I know they don't because even now I'm still kind of, my head's kind of spinning about the whole thing. When you've saved this big pile of money that you've got in your, you know, you've got your retirement savings, you don't realize you have to pay taxes. So at some point, most of that money you're saving is a lot of, if you're 401k or what have you, or a Roth IRA, or not a Roth, but a regular IRA, that money has not been taxed. And... You have to make sure you're you're accounting for those taxes in retirement that you're going to have to pay out. So you have this kind of false sense of security uh, that- you But know, you don't
3: with a Roth, right? I'm sorry, what? With a Roth, unless you have a Roth IRA.
2: Yes, Roth, the taxes come out first, right?
3: Good thing I was here, Len, the expert. She
0: could have talked about that. If Paula, you could talk about that at Camp Fi. There you go.
3: I remember it because it's, I always think about like- um, Who's that? That old like '80s rock star Roth, David Lee Roth, that his body was pre-taxed in the '90s or '80s I or whatever. I love that. I love that. That's how <laughs> I remember it. Thank you. I tried to tell this to a younger person. They were like, <laughs> "Like, I don't get it. No one. I have no idea. Not, yeah.
0: Yeah. That always scares me. I always get sad when I tell a joke and somebody's too young to get it. I'm like, Oh, come on. Not that much I'm of a fossil. fine with
3: time pa- having passed since I was born. I think
0: that's okay. Yeah, but when the joke doesn't go because of that. <laughs>
3: I'm not, I'm not. That's more about your judgment. That's
4: why I warmed up for this interview. I did all those jump kicks. You guys didn't see that just off camera. My David Lee Roth uh, jumping <laughs> I kicks. I love it.
0: That's how he Ben split his pants was to do it. one jump kick. Yeah, I did jump kick, not kicks. You know, what's funny is that for me, the light bulb was my business, but what I realized, and I don't know, Paulette, if you felt the same way too about your business, was then I very quickly realized that I wasn't diversified. Like all of a sudden I had this retirement asset, mm-hmm. but I had zero diversification and that was all based on this. And then I don't know why all of a sudden this idea that, oh my goodness, I don't want it all to be in my business was the reason why I finally got started saving.
3: Yeah. I mean, I do save, but- I am counting on the business. I'm like, come on, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mama needs that anthropology skirt.
2: Do you save or do you invest Paulette?
3: Um, I invest. I send my hundred dollars a week to betterment. And then I also invest in paying down my credit card bills, which have peaked again and hit a new digit. And I'm not happy about it.
0: I got a question about the future. I don't know if I'm happy about it or not. Are these numbers changing? Do you think these numbers are getting better? Because there's people in from 55 to 65 right now. When I was growing up, uh, Ben, we'll start with you. I didn't see kids in high school on their phone, you know, with Robinhood app who are trading stocks. Not because I don't think it's because it's just it's just fun. I think it's partly gambling, right? Savings equals gambling for kids. It's like and then they tell their parents they're saving and parents are happy as all get out. Kid looks at it as gambling, parents look at it as saving, but is this going to maybe back end people into better habits as they get a little bit older and make it easier for them and we'll have more retirement saving? Is this a problem that's going to go away?
4: I'm confident that it will go away, but probably not right away. There's a lot of speculating. We saw probably more last year than the year before, but lots of speculating, kind of get rich quick gambling, but there's no better time to go broke than when you're 21 and, and trading penny stocks or whatever it is. But my hope is that that interest in money, once you go broke, then it will it'll manifest itself in more healthy areas like uh, investing in index funds, you know, emergency funds, things like that. So I think it's healthy and it's okay to get burned in your early 20s. We just convert that interest into something that's more sustainable long term. So I think while it makes me nervous as an advisor, I think it's a good thing long term. You
0: agree
3: with that, Paulette? Absolutely. He's the expert.
0: <laughs> well, and Len, I wanted to ask you about what Ben said about no better time to go broke than when, you're, than when you're 21. Do you think that changes the game as well? You saved a lot of money but didn't invest. We're going to see kids doing a lot of investing and learn how to maybe be responsible <laughs> savers later? Like take your problem because of Robin Hood, we're flipping it on its head? Yes, and
2: I think that's a great point. And this, Now, that could be a problem, actually. I'm afraid... You know, a lot of the kids today—I mean, that that are out there—good for them investing, and maybe if some of them are more speculating, then you know they're taking some really wild risks, and they're putting instead of speculating with like one or two percent of your portfolio, they're they're trying to hit the home run right off the bat, and they get burned. I'm afraid that they're going to become savers. Rather than investors, and they're, it's still going to backfire on them. So that's why it's really important that you have that mix, that portfolio mix up front that's appropriate, and that you understand that you know you take as much risk as you're willing to, you know, only that you're willing to handle. Knowing that when you're young, you can recover, you know, from a downturn. It's just important though. Don't be a speculator. Don't confuse speculating investing with speculating, because that's where you're going to get in trouble. I think if you're investing, you'll be fine.
0: But the good news is, Len, if your risk tolerance is back down from speculating on June puts of Apple stock <laughs> into <laughs> diversification, you still might have an acceptably high risk tolerance to get where you want to go. Which is much better than trying to get somebody from a savings account right into uh, into an all stock portfolio. Yeah. In the second half of this discussion, we're going to talk about what do we do about it. How much of this is. Who you surround yourself with, the value of advisors. Is there anything to be said for scaring yourself? Maybe lighting, lighting a fire under yourself. Any value there? Or does that just make it worse? But before we get to that, at the halfway point of every Friday show, we have this year-long competition going on between our three frequent contributors, Len Penzo, Paulette Perhatch, and our very own OG. Benjamin, you're playing on behalf of the OG team. Which uh, is good news and bad news. Do you want the good news first or the bad news?
4: Good news first.
0: The good news is you are tied for the lead. You have four points. The bad news is because you are the reigning champion, my friend, that means you have to guess first. Paulette, I actually have some good news for you because you haven't been here in a couple of weeks. Janice Torres and Lacey Langford ripped it up for you. You are now tied for first place.
3: Yes.
0: I think this is the first time a team, uh, well, you came on when it was team Paula Pant. Yeah. And you brought Paula Paula back last year and now team Paulette Perhatch tied for first. Amazing. Len, you're in this weird spot of being in last, which means you're going to go first. You've got three. Score is 4-4-3. We could have a three-way tie at the end of this, but... We'll never know unless we get a question, and Doug has that. Doug, what's today's trivia question?
1: Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I will never retire. It's not work if you love what you do, right? It also takes a special skill set to pursue my number one passion, hunting garage sales for broken down mowers to fix and flip. But it turns out I'm not the only one saying no to retirement. According to a 2022 Gallup poll, people think they know when they want to retire, but it turns out that just like my lawnmower flipping career, sometimes it doesn't go according to plan. Some people get all skittish about buying a beautiful, absolutely 100% clean mower that just happens to smoke smoke a little or, you know, maybe like a chimney, you know, smoke A little more and others are afraid to tell the boss to take a hike in either case we can't always get it right so let's make that gallup poll our question what age do most americans think they'll retire at it's my break time so i'll be back right after i go heat up some of joe's mom's stew they say lawnmowers are bad but how about the gamble of eating stew straight out of the microwave i mean how about this question when i return will i or won't i have a third degree burn on the roof of my mouth Am I right?
0: I, I think that's a real question, Doug. Doug will be back in a second with the answer. So let's lock in our questions or lock in our answers, I guess, not lock in our questions. <laughs> we have so many questions about Doug, don't we? On a weekly basis. Benjamin, what age do most Americans actually retire?
4: Actually retire? Well, based on the statistics, you sure, like, some of them will never retire. But, but did you want my guess?
0: <laughs> yes, what's the Gallup poll <laughs> number? Okay. No, we don't want your guess. We'd like you to pontificate.
3: Wait, for is a it while. when do they think they'll retire or when do they actually retire?
0: It is what day do they actually retire?
4: Okay. Oh, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going with uh, I was going with how optimistic are they thinking? Okay. No. What age do they actually retire? I'm going to say 62 because that's Joe, the easiest uh, you can get social security.
1: Joe mm. Joe, I got go. Oh, gotta, no, wait a minute. Go. It
0: is it is it's what age when do they to- think
1: <laughs> they'll retire? That changes my
4: answer. That definitely
1: changes Will my answer. you just leave Leave the trivia I to me, it.
3: dude. I can't live like this. I got,
0: it. I got lost. Uh, uh, lawnmowers and stew and I don't know what the hell we're talking about. I got no idea. <laughs> you wrote
3: it.
0: How am I? I didn't write it. I had no idea. It wasn't me. Not this time. All right, Ben.
4: All right. So my guess is based on we're being overly optimistic and we like nice round numbers. So we think we're going to retire at 60.
0: At 60. Paulette, what do you think about that answer?
3: Oh, I don't get to Chelsea Brennan, anybody? Um, yeah, Well, that's you can, right. but you
0: might get sandwiched. A lot harder not people going last. I think they're retired.
3: <sighs> See, I was going the other way. I was thinking people were like, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to say 70. Age 70.
0: Len, what are you going to do with those two numbers? Yeah, Len. Well,
3: that's a tough... I was
2: hoping you'd say like 60 years in one day, Paulette that would have made my job a lot easier now 70 is a good a good guess because I was thinking a lot of them were gonna say like Ben was suggesting that they'll never retire um wow I really want to say higher than 70 but gosh this is harder than I thought going last I'm going to say gosh do most people think they're gonna retire after 70? Oh, I'm going to kick myself if I don't get this. I'm going to kick myself. Right, text me when this is over. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go below 7 I'm going to say 69 years, 364 days.
4: Wow.
0: <laughs> By one day. <laughs> and not uh, 23 hours and 59 minutes. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
2: We don't want to leave any room for...
0: (laughs) So, led takes the under on the bigger number, and uh, we've got age 60, age 70, and age 69, and all the change until 69 and New Year's Eve, just before the ball drops. We'd love to tell you who the winner is, and we don't uh, play that way, though. We'll be right back. Hey, stackers is military appreciation month. You know what that means? We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nord, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the fire community, the financial independence retire early community. Uh, nords will do anything for you it's just just, i think some of that comes from his time on a submarine like my nephew colin who's on a submarine right now and all the work that uh, he did there just a super giving member of the community and you know what Uh, navy federal credit union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond not this month but every month navy federal offers members only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, Here's a disclaimer. you got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to navyfederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. All right, we started off, Ben, age 60. You set the bar. Everybody else went
4: a lot older. What do you think? You feeling good? I am brimming with unnerved confidence, like every day in my life.
0: <laughs> Paulette, if it really is after age 70, if people think they're going to work forever, you got this one locked.
3: I know. I'm
0: maybe excited.
3: We'll see. Or we have a three-way tie.
0: <laughs> Len, I think you have exactly age uh, age 65 on up, right? Because you get it by a day, 66 on up? Nope. nope. Or does he got 64 on up?
3: I feel like yep.
2: Len's going to get it. You know it. what? I- Gosh, I'm I've got to have this one. I've got to have this one.
0: If Len's got it, we got a three-way tie. Uh, Doug, what's our answer, man? Hey there, stackers.
1: I'm Side Hustle and Sumtimer and Mower Master Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And today we're talking about the age Americans expected to retire. It's a number that has gone up by four years since the last Gallup poll 20 years ago and is higher than the reality of when the average retirement age really is. And spoiler alert, it's an age that often doesn't pan out. The poll also shows that 73% of those asked want to go cold turkey into retirement, while 43% want to slowly work their way into retirement. Just like me getting into a cold pool. There's probably going to be some shrinkage. So, at what age do most Americans think they'll retire? Well, Benjamin, on behalf of OG, was six years off. Paulette Perhatch, on behalf of Paulette Perhatch, was four years off. Len Penzo was three years, 364 days and like 32 seconds off. The answer is 66, which means Len Penzo is our winner without a chicken dinner, but we have a three way tie, folks. Yes. A three-way tie. Better than the NCAA March Madness, this trivia just keeps on paying out. That was
0: close. That was that was super super close. That's exciting. Congratulations, Mr. Penzo. Thank Would you, you like to make a speech? Yes.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank Doug for coming up with a great question. And I would like to thank uh, Paulette for moving into second last week so I could go last this week.
0: Where's that Academy music, the walk-off music that they play that gets louder and louder? (laughs) We should have had that to start playing the second he started. Let's go into the second half of our discussion about people retiring with no money and maybe reversing that course. Our discussion today, uh, Ben, is brought to you by Magnify Money. You know what happens when you go to com slash money
4: you have more money to magnify.
0: It is incredible how that works. Absolutely. You go there, stackybeduments.com slash magnify money. You find out those brick and mortar bank products you've been using all along. Probably not best in class. Lots of online banking happening out there, people over 92% of them ranked head to head at magnify money, whether it's checking accounts, CD rates, savings accounts, and that changes depending on where you are in the nation. So put in, your zip code, and you'll very quickly get a list of these are the top rates, these are lowest rates, plus any issues in getting into them. If you need to have $10,000 to invest, $5,000, and how easy the bank is to work with. Lots of ratings there, too. StackyBenjamins.com slash money, so that you can get a better banking experience. All right. JL Collins has a piece that uh, Jim Wang references here at Apex Money Talking about somebody investing in their home, which Len, I want to start with you saving for, re, saving for retirement and saving, saying my home is my number one retirement asset. When I was a financial planner, was always the thing that made me just roll my eyes. I don't think we see that as much today as we did back then, but how much of not retiring is being in the wrong investment, do you think? How important is it to pick the right investment vehicle?
2: When it comes to retirement, I think everybody should when they're figuring that number out, don't include your home equity at all. I that to me makes no sense at all. The other thing is when you retire, I mean, like I said, you've got to be more risk you got to take more risk when you're younger and when you're older like me, you want to make sure you're kind of less risky. So you don't want to, you know, you're you're a lot more vulnerable when you're older mainly because you have less years to recover from any mistakes, so you want to be a little more conservative. So, yeah, I mean, that's what you have to do when, you know, it it all depends on your age.
0: Ben, do we need to get all nerdy about our asset allocation, especially when we're starting out?
4: No, no. You just want a lot of upside and a lot of flexibility. And so to me, that screams Roth. Uh, We already have paid the tax bill and that's usually our highest, uh, our most aggressive asset that's going to grow and we can access it even before we turn traditional retirement age. So, you want high growth, and you want flexibility, and you want to set it, and forget it, in the famous words of Ron Popeil. So, so,
0: so, uh, high growth means uh, diversified stocks, like an exchange traded
4: fund, then. Yeah, you want to go more equities than bonds and cash. Yeah, you need a longer timeline to make that work, but that's what I would generally suggest. So, Ben, let me ask about the Roth IRA.
2: So. I think the Roth IRA, when you're younger, that that's great because right because you're in a lower tax bracket. But there's somewhere as you move up on your career or, or your business and you're making more and more money. I mean, there's got to be a point where you're going to switch over, right, from Roth to the other tradition, more traditional IRA, correct?
4: Yeah, that's going to be based on personal pain tolerance. You know, we we generally think that taxes are going to be lower when we retire, but that's probably not a, a guarantee. We also think our income sometimes is going to be lower in retirement. Also, that's personal dependent, but I think it's your own pain tolerance for taxes. So whenever you meet with your accountant and you find that bill and it's way more than you thought, that's usually the time when people say, okay, now we're in the traditional 401k territory, not the Roth 401k territory. That's how it was for me. My income got too high and I said, okay, it's time to defer. It's hard to pay so much in taxes.
0: How much are you getting started and getting rolling on, on this? If it's not getting the right exact investment, Paula, how much do you think is surround sound, surrounding yourself with the right messages, the right people?
3: So huge. I mean, that's a big part of why I'm going to Camp Fi this weekend because I'm just like, I need to get back in reality. When I was getting out of debt, I made myself listen to Dave Ramsey, which I wouldn't do today, but I made myself listen to Dave Ramsey every day. And it was like, that was, I just made that be the voice in my head, pounding into my head. That was I Uncle need Dave save. yelling at you? I needed Uncle Dave. I have, I like seriously have like an essay idea. that would be like, daddy issues and Dave Ramsey. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a problem. So I just needed someone to yell at me. Well, Len, it was clearly surround sound with
0: you, with your cousin. You thought the taxes and all this stuff was cool. Taxes were cool? Well, I don't
1: well, think so. Well, yeah, tax? your
0: CPA. Do I have to remind you of your story?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but what is, what's the taxes? I don't think taxes are cool.
0: Who wants no, to know? but the, like tax planning, tax huh? planning is cool. Oh, yeah. And, and, oh, and,
2: absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. You got to think ahead of time. Absolutely. There right. We That's, go. I mean,.
0: Got to kickstart Uncle Len to get him started. Did you hear him pivot mid-sentence there?
3: Oh, well, tax planning. No,
1: taxes are awful. Taxes planning are is not awesome. Cool.
3: Tax planning. Amazing. Tax planning, that's
2: a good thing. No, taxes, do are, now? taxes are bad.
0: Do we have time? It's like all of a sudden I brought out a popsicle halfway through his <laughs>
2: school. Whoa, hey. Where's my pudding cup? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but for you, it was surround sound. What's my point? Your cool cousin liked this stuff. So surround sound important to you.
2: Yeah, that got me to get interested and and pay attention. And you can self-motivate yourself. I a great way to self-motivate yourself is just start trying. And I think most people who are listening to this podcast do it already. But if not, let's say you have your kids, your kids in their early 20s. Encourage them to start tracking their income and outgo. Ask them, do you know what your income and outgo is? You start recording that and you can see that. That gets you thinking. It just it gets the gears turning in your head about the future and stuff like that too. So just by tracking your own income and outgo, that will encourage you kind of
0: automatically,
2: almost organically to to begin thinking about savings in the future.
0: You know what excited me on that point, Len, which I find kind of bizarre was when somebody said, what does it cost you to just live a day? Like how much money do you need to bring in, in an average day to be just neutral in my early savings, I would just try to make every day neutral. you know. Mm-hmm. So if I could just bring that amount mm-hmm. in every day mm-hmm. and not screw myself more then yep. I was, then it was pretty good. But I didn't even know that number, like setting a budget didn't make any sense to me. But once I was like, Oh, I got to bring in at least as much as I consume. I don't know why the light bulb turned on because of that. Ben, for you, it was also surround sound with your grandpa. It sounds like.
4: It was, yeah. It was uh, save early and often. And But when I started my business, there wasn't a lot of money to save. So there was a, a pause in there in the traditional saving. But again, I was investing in myself, investing in my business, and hopefully it all works out.
0: Studies, been show that we're leaving about half of people behind, right? I mean, this is another indication of half of people being left behind. We have this uh, stat that I quote a lot about people crying about their money. There's so many resources out there. We hear, though, that people don't look at their financial situation because they're afraid of it, right? Mm-hmm. If I put it all out in front of me, I'm going to be very afraid. But is there leverage in scaring yourself? Is it good to scare yourself when you're first starting out?
4: Could be. If that's the way that you're motivated, I think it could be. Uh, it's kind of like what Len said. You can't expect to improve something that you're not measuring. So if fear speaks to you, that's okay. If uh, kind of gamifying it and measuring it and trying to beat yourself, you know, quarter over quarter, year over year, if that's what motivates you, but you've got to find what really speaks to you. I mean, if if you're trying to scare the wrong person or motivate the wrong person via gamification, it wouldn't work. So you've got to know what resonates with you and then and then try to find something that fits that.
0: Paula, does fear work for
3: you? Yes. I it, Like reminded me of like something that doesn't work for me is like with ADHD. I feel like a lot of people talk to you like you're an idiot. They're like, just blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, that absolutely makes sense on paper. But like in my dopamine starved brain, like going to get that avocado toast sounds amazing in the moment. And I don't care about the future and sorry, you know, it's like that kind of stuff is not going to work for me. So I think it's actually makes you less fearful when you actually face it because it's like Before you're just like, you're afraid of it. And then you're like, you have to kind of look at the monster and be like, this is what it actually is. And then once you know, you can address a number, you can't address or make a plan around just general fear about your future. You can say, okay, I know I need minimum this to be safe. I would like to have this to be a little more comfortable. What does that look like? Right. And like, I am an Excel queen. So I love getting in there with, with all the charts and the graphs and the whatnot's.
0: What's your number one piece of advice, Len, for people that haven't started yet to maybe help them get going?
2: I'd say go for the what I call low hanging fruit. So low hanging fruit if you're not if you don't have your own business and you're working for somebody, uh, like four hundred one k match, right? At least save up to the four hundred one k match. You let the employer uh, he's basically doubling whatever you're putting in. So it's basically it's a risk free investment up to that match. He's matching hundred percent. So You know, stuff like that, start that way easily. And then if you can automate some of your savings, start small, you know, maybe take a percent out of your pay and then with each raise, increase that number. You can, you can do it gradually and painlessly that way.
0: It's funny you say that Len, because I was at a coaching session yesterday and another entrepreneur was talking to me about how he just got diagnosed with, with ADHD at uh, probably age 45 was finally diagnosed He now has been working with an ADD coach. And this is really interesting because we hear all the time, Len, to peel off the tough stuff first, right? You only have so much battery. Do the things that are difficult first. He said that when it comes to people with ADD, ADHD, do what you said. Do the easy stuff first. Hmm. Have you found, Paulette, that that works better for you to do the easy stuff first? He said for two reasons. Number one, you get your brain in this win condition. And number two is you get so excited about it. By the way, his coach also said, set a timer so that you have to stop that thing your brain loves. So you don't just do that one thing all day. And instead, then you get into the difficult stuff later. And after you've had all these wins, at the end of the day, you're much more likely to tackle the tough stuff.
3: There's such an argument for both. I, what do I do? I kind of go where my energy is. And I'm like, if this is something I wanted to do anyway, and it's on my calendar for later, but it's something I can do right now. I find after like two o'clock, I'm not good for creative stuff. I'm more like I can do administrative things or, you know, just like plan, but like, I don't really have access to my full brain. And I like to do the things like for (laughs) me, my artistic, um, what did you say? I said nap nap after two o'clock I could nap. Oh, Thousand percent. Yeah. 30% of the days you'll find me napping at two. My
0: my calendar after 2 PM usually says, do all this administrative stuff. And that is nap time. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I'll do that later. um,
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, and I try to keep the beginning of my day for creative work or walking my friend's kid to a daycare with her and then getting a croissant as I did this morning.
0: It was great. Ben, what's your best advice?
4: Yeah, I'm kind of along the lines of get that easy win first. This is a little bit embarrassing, but when I make a to-do list, I'll often write down something that I already did just so I can cross it off People and then get the, that yeah, little momentum there. win.
3: We're there okay. with
4: you. I'm not alone. Okay, good. Me too. Took a rest. Me too. I took a risk by admitting that. I'm glad I'm uh, in light company. Well,
1: well, that's actually, I can't remember the name of the general, but his famous speech about make your bed. It's the first thing you do every morning is make your bed. It's, it yeah. gives you a sense of accomplishment. You, check the box
0: and get you started.
3: Did he then say then write, make your running. bed on a list and check it off?
0: Yeah, probably. But I like how Ben, if he made his bed yesterday, he just checks it off. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure. that's, that's fantastic. It's even better. Huge
3: sense hey, I of wanna, accomplishment. I want to know
2: if Paulette, Paulette, do you put butter on your croissants?
3: No. They're already filled with cream cheese and guava. <laughs> that
0: doesn't <laughs> stop Len. <laughs>
3: I mean, maybe a plain <laughs> croissant, but there's so much that like what makes a croissant a croissant is that there's butter in every single layer, everywhere exactly. you see well, exactly a puff that is a layer of butter. So, oh, mm. well, I
0: thought Len was pro more butter. He's not pro more butter. Uh,
2: actually, I am pro more pro butter, but a croissant might be a, just a little pushing it there. No,
0: nope. I love no butter, no no. Though. It is totally encouraged.
3: Or just go <laughs> to France put and put a bunch of croissant. Nutella on it and call it breakfast, and wonder why you don't live in that country. Why
0: don't I live here? I wonder how these people—they're not all eight hundred pounds. They're like, we don't have
3: seconds. I was like, you have firsts of Nutella and croissant for breakfast. So what am I doing wrong?
0: Yeah, of the richest food ever, just fantastic. Oh, I gained.
3: I think I was in—I was in France for two and a half weeks, and I gained a solid ten pounds. And I was like, wow, girl, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is just <laughs> you really did it. those like recollect like- <laughs> sandwiches where there's like the wheel of cheese and they melt the thing. And then they're just like, make it into a, a <laughs> oh, cheese luge geez. onto like a piece right of bread. And like, here you go. It sounds you're, like, like a
2: great game show. Doesn't it? The wheel is, of
3: cheese. This seems like something I would do in my room by myself depressed. Like I didn't, I can't believe this is socially acceptable <laughs> over here.
0: I actually, when we were in Bordeaux, we went to a restaurant that was in a cellar. It was the cheese cellar. And it was cheese only. You could get wine to go with your cheese, and you'd open up the door to the room with the cheese, which was you know sealed off and controlled. Every what? time you opened the door, a noise went. And it was it was it was quite the place. Oh, I the need to, cellar. Is,
3: I need to get with you
2: about that. Was that the sound of people cutting the cheese?
0: That, no, that was the sound of of some cow. However, <laughs> uh, that's your cow imitation. I'm hold
1: on, hold on. That's your cow imitation.
0: Moo. <laughs> oh, I needed to give you more. Moo. Is that it? I don't know. How do we get off this topic? No we we'll had this great topic, and also we're talking about cheese. No, ben, we're out
1: of time. no, Len asked Paulette if she
0: puts butter on her croissant, and then I'll help and her. And we were off and running. <laughs> yes. By the way, it was a fantastic meal. I don't know why all cheese would be a great meal. But it was a great meal, and I didn't poop for a week. So there you go, both of those things. Anyway, let's get back on this. Uh, ben, I have another. I have another question, which is we, we listed a bunch of reasons why people don't get there. They don't have the right surround sound. Maybe they need to scare themselves a little bit. Maybe they didn't have the right light bulb. They they weren't thinking about investing versus saving. But we never ever once touched on the number one thing that I see that is the reason why people don't get there. When I, when I search online, number one thing, all these financial writers write about, you're paying too much in fees, dude. You're paying too much in fees. How come we just had a conversation for almost an hour and we didn't talk about fees?
4: Because price only matters in the absence of value. If you're getting extreme value from something, you're never going to look at what the fee is. So that would be my two cents. Len? Len?
2: that was that was awesome I, I i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that from you Ben if you don't mind I think that's
0: I have nothing to add so do we help or do we hang ourselves when we online because the second that we see this, the number one piece of advice I read on the internet right pay less in fees. Which means, Paulette, that, that for most of us, the number one thing we see is don't get help, right?
3: And I don't, I have to be honest, I don't understand the whole fee thing. That is like one area where it's like, as I get educated, it's like the darkness turns to light and I can see that's one area where I'm like, I don't know how much I'm paying in fees. I don't know how much it's going to cost me. I have no idea.
0: Well, you probably should, number one. But number two is, do we hang ourselves though? Because that's the number one thing we see. Like we're telling people don't go get help because we're so afraid of this fee monster.
4: Yeah, I would say don't be blind to fees. I mean, the fees could definitely add up, but make sure you're getting maximum value for your fees. So investigate to make sure you're not paying hidden fees. But uh, I would say no hidden fees, but make sure you're getting some value for your fee. If somebody's doing yeah, some work for re, you, they're getting Reevaluate. Paid yeah,
2: reevaluate at the end of the year. Were was the fees you paid? Was it worth? Was it worth it? Like yeah. you said, Ben, it's value. I mean, evaluate. Are you getting value from those fees? If you're not, then stop.
0: Yeah, because I'm with you. Don't pay those fees, right? If money's just going out the window, don't pay that.
4: And I would say also know, know your exit strategy as well. Like, are you signing a long-term contract that, that there are fees that are hidden that you're not going to be able to get out of? So if you're in a fee situation, make sure that you know how you can terminate that the minute you're not seeing the value.
0: Don't say that. That's how I, how we've kept Len Penzo here for 12 years. <laughs> do not, do, don't even bring that up. Like, we've, we've been hiding that back-end fee from him for a long time.
2: Yeah, I will say this. You know, I have a managed one of my iras i have a managed ira and and the fee is uh 1% and i evaluate that every year if they're performing well because i'm not an expert in the ira uh sector that i've invest in this particular this particular ira so i'm trusting the people who are running this as long as they are showing returns then i have no problem paying that fee because i would probably do much worse trying to do invest on my own in, a, in the particular sector so you know you just have to evaluate
0: all Len stuff is in Ben. The different precious metals. He's got that piece down. Well, not all of it, but <laughs> but, but when it, I, I, no, I'm kidding. I, I I am totally kidding. All right, I think that's a great place to leave it. I think the surround sound piece. I think uh, maybe scaring yourself. I like the idea of knowing yourself and uh, don't let other life get in the way. Let's find out what's going on where each of you are. We'll have our guest of honor go last. Paulette Perhatch. Not only are you off to Camp Fi. What else is coming up for you? You've always got something exciting going on.
3: Yes, and that is my problem. I need to stay in one place and handle my life. Um, so I'm going to be doing that over the next few months. And uh, coaching writers, setting up new programs. I actually decided after the last writing workshop I went to, or conference, so many people came up to me uh, at my booth and thanked me for workshops I've done, for coaching, for a very important meeting, um, or the writer's welcome kit, that I just decided I'm going to kind of like – I'm going to do a shift from doing a lot of freelance corporate writing to just helping writers. So I'm shifting my business toward really just assisting writers um, by providing everything they need to uh, make the writing life easier and more fun. So if people have blogs out there or are writers in any way, I'm here to help. You're so good at it. And the number of people, by the way, that
0: came up to me at Economy talking about your writing and the fact that we get to interface with you here on Stacking Benjamins. Like, it is just, it's, yeah. That's nice. It seems, when you want to hire somebody to do something well, you hire people that are best in class. So, Paulette, what's the link we go to?
3: Thatwriterpaulette.com.
0: Thatwriterpaulette.com. Mr. Penzo, what's going on at lempenzo.com?
2: You know what, I... I haven't got this uh, week's plan. I haven't got the main article plan. So it, but you can always stop by on, especially on Saturday mornings. I publish my black coffee. It's a review of the week's happenings, macroeconomics, doom and gloom, but it's got a, a lot of, it's really fun, actually. It's, it's,
0: you can, you can hear how much fun you have writing that. <laughs> in I the do words have fun like, writing I it.
2: I, I have fun writing and it's, and it's actually quite entertaining. I, I take uh, the best stuff off of Twitter. I take the best, uh, commentary on the macroeconomics for the week and it's it's really it's quite a it's it's
0: actually quite fun. If you appreciate sarcasm at all, there might be a little bit yeah. in that post. Sounds like a hoot. at lempenzo.com Yeah. Join the fun. Mr. Brand, thank you so much for another uh, great appearance. I appreciate you so much, man.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: Well, so let's talk about it. What's something that's happening to either one of the podcasts?
4: Well, we've got new episodes every Monday on Retirement Starts Today. We talk about how to spend more money, pay less taxes, and have an even better retirement. Uh, So that's at retirementstartstodayradio.com. And then our tax podcast, the Retirement Tax Podcast, the Least Boring Tax Podcast. That's at (laughs) retirementtaxpodcast.com. And then we have a new offering for people that want to dive deeper in retirement and tax content. We have retirementincome.university. It's our new course that we launched this year.
0: Nice. Retirementincome.university.
4: Would you believe they let anybody buy the dot .university uh, suffix? I was shocked to that find that scary. out. That is
0: scary. That actually is so scary. I mean, is. And I'm not even kidding. That is very scary. <laughs> you is. having it does not scare me at all. But the fact that anybody can get that is, uh,
4: yeah, that's, that's tough. It sounds like .edu, but not quite.
0: By the way, the Least Boring Tax Podcast. So you're saying it's less boring than the other one.
4: <laughs> so we're in a, we're, we're in an interesting position as financial podcasters because the people that need to hear our content the most are the people that are probably not looking for it. Uh, so we want to be a little bit tongue in cheek and say, yes, taxes are boring, but we're making them as the least boring as possible. And we have a lot of fun. And I assume people that listen to this show occasionally like to have fun.
0: By the way, talk about sarcasm and talk about also, uh, this is a story, Ben, when I first met you, Uh-oh. I had no idea how funny you were. Because you can crack a joke and not crack a smile, and I get like five minutes later the joke. Like I totally get it. And then I listen to your show and the show's so damn funny. Well, now the shows are so damn funny, but you can just that 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 sense of humor just pretty awesome, my friend.
4: I did make my stand up comedy debut on Zoom last year. So try not to be too <laughs> impressed.
0: I just should we link to that should we link nope, to that no
4: nope, nope, that no that is that is that is dead it's gone
0: buried to God forever
4: all evidence has been destroyed
0: we'll link to Paulette we'll link to Len we'll link to Ben on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com go check out what they are doing and uh, get some help with your stuff people all right Doug you got it from here man what should we have learned today well Joe first some advice from our panel Be prepared to retire earlier than
1: you expect and possibly with more expenses than you planned. Second, take it from our guest, the great actor Benjamin Brant. Understand what motivates you and then gamify some metrics that'll help you keep your eyes on the prize, which must have been what he did to score that sweet role on Law & Order. But the big lesson... When you pick up mowers off the side of the road, make sure they're not still hot. Owners get real bent out of shape when they come out from their water break and find you loading their mower in the back of your El Camino. Look, Howard, everybody knows if it's on the curb, it's fair game. I'm not going to tell you again. Thanks to Benjamin Brandt for joining us today. You'll find Benjamin's podcast, Retirement Starts Today, wherever you're listening to us right now. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash tax planning is fun. Thanks to Paulette Perhatch for joining us. Need to make a better impression with your writing? Looking to break into the business of writing? Paulette is ready to be your writing coach. Head to thatwriterpaulette.com for details. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcijai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn & Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show.
0: Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month. And we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have
4: Uh, by the way, so Benjamin
0: told me when I was visiting with him and his way above
4: his league spouse. She way she was marrying the other Benjamin Brett. She, honestly, <laughs> she, she <did>. thought.
0: <laughs> she must have. I'm like, what is she doing with him? And by the way, Ben did the coolest thing at dinner, which I have replicated since then. The awesome waiter, she comes out and she said, dessert. And you said, we'll have one of each they had four different desserts and we tried them all and they were, they're like what Norwegian desserts.
4: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. They were so good. And that was so fun. You know, it's right in the middle of COVID we're all eating off the same plate.
4: No, <laughs> good for the immune system.
0: <laughs> not true, but I mean, not true. It wasn't during COVID, but you told us to go to this thing called the, uh, called the, cause we went it. it oh, What's the outdoor play club?
4: Oh, the Medora musical and the Pitchfork fondue.
0: Yes. So to go to the musical at Theodore Roosevelt National Park. So it it is this outdoor musical where they start off with like the Pledge of Allegiance or the national anthem. It is all God, bad jokes, and yeehaw family fun. I thought it was a blast. It was like the it. hokiest, funnest, cheesiest thing. But before him, Ben tells me to go get the pitchfork fond- Paula, have you had pitchfork fondue? I don't think so. So here's what happens. This is why they do it in North Dakota. They take a steak, like a ribeye steak. They shove it on the end of a pitchfork. They have like a garbage barrel full of hot oil and they shove the pitchfork in the oil. I don't know. They count to 10 or something. Uh, I have no idea. And they pull it out and it goes on a little tin plate. You get some, oh my beans, God, you get amazing. some- Oh yeah. They're playing. That sounds they're playing. Awesome. I want that.
4: Good music. And you ate at the, the cowboy cafe too, right?
0: At the cowboy, the, 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 cowboy cafe.
4: Yeah. It's got all the cowboy hall of fame pictures. It's like an old yes! uh, diner.
0: Yeah. We went there the first day. That was like the first place we went. That was delicious. And there's a, there's a line a mile long to get in. Love that place. Yeah. Theodore Roosevelt national park. Have you guys been, Len, have you been to Theodore Roosevelt? Mm-hmm.
2: No, you know, North Dakota is one of uh, five states that I have not been to, so that's uh, going to be one of the. Uh, I, I will when I get to North Dakota, I will be sure to. Check what are it out. the other four? Idaho, Montana, um, Wisconsin, and Alaska.
0: Yeah. We we just have not done Hawaii. Hawaii is my last one.
3: Paulette, what about you? Um, I haven't done a lot of them. The
0: one you're most excited to go to.
3: Well, the one I really want to go to is well, Yellowstone. I haven't been to Yellowstone or oh, Zion.
0: That's not a state.
3: But that's when we got oh, I thought we were
0: That's when we got um Idaho was uh, the first time was when we went to went to Zion. Idaho. Or not to yeah. Zion to uh Yellowstone. But then I ran the Pocatello Marathon. Which by the way at the Pocatello Marathon they take you up. They load everybody into buses. They take you to the top of a mountain. It's pre-dawn, and there's stars above. There's a goat farm right across the road from where they drop you off. And the dudes of this UPS truck are <laughs> setting up the starting line. Was like, I've been to this party before. <laughs> <laughs> they set up the starting line. I was line, in a fraternity.
1: Right?
0: <laughs> They set up the starting line right in front of you and, uh, you toss your stuff in the back of the UPS truck and then you start running and you run the first 13 miles down the mountain. Like the first, which I thought was going to be heaven. And then I get to the six mile mark and I'm with this, uh, I'm with this pace group. That's two groups ahead of my normal group. Like I'm effing flying down the mountain and the guy leading the pace group goes, Hey, you guys are doing great. How's your quads holding up? And I'm like, quads? And then I start thinking physiology, and I go, oh, s***. And uh, yeah, we get to like the 13-mile mark, and all of a sudden, I'm running with two bricks. Like, right. Oh, mm. my God. When it flattened out, then it, was, it mm. was horrible. But I still have my best time. And you know what they give you when you finish? A sack of potatoes.
3: A goat? <laughs> they give
0: you free goat. You get your own goat. <laughs> Luckily, Paulette, I'd name mine ahead of time. <laughs>